0: Colossians chapter 3, starting at verse 12, and it can be found on page 1184 of your church Bibles. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has had grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning. So as we continue our sermon series looking at life on the front line, this morning our focus is on what it means to be a front line community. And just for those who maybe haven't been with us for the last couple of weeks, then let me remind us of what the definition is of a front line. Your front line is the place where you spend the majority of your time outside of church. And it's the place where you have that contact with those that are non Christians. And so, the reading we've just heard is a wonderful, encouraging, and inspiring passage written by Paul to the church in Colossae, a church to whom he'd never visited, he'd never been there, but it was very much on his heart. A church where there's much to be celebrated, plenty of good things happening but also a place where there's a problem of false teaching. And these words of encouragement and challenge have a lot to offer us as well as we explore what it means for us to be a frontline community. And I'm going to be using an image for us this morning to help us to explore our theme. And it's a surprising one coming from me because it's that of football. I have done my research, though. So apologies for those of you who don't really like football, like me. Uh, But actually, in this context, I think it really helps, and I think it will help us to explore our theme. So bear with me, please. And what I've done is I've pulled out six brief points from Paul's words, and I'm going to explore those through the lens of the game of football. So firstly, then... Chosen and selected for the team. Paul sets the whole thing in context by these words, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Paul wants the people of Colossae to see that this is the starting point, that they're not there by accident or chance, but that they're there by God's choosing. Just as the players are selected. For a football team, so as God's people, we are chosen. And so when we think of this and we grasp it, when we're out of the safety of the church, on our front lines, it's really crucial that we know that we're God's chosen people and that we are holy and dearly loved, that we're not there by accident, but that actually God is with us and it's something that he has planned and that we're not neglected or forgotten. And also that we've been chosen to be part of a team here, Christchurch Baston Hill Team. I wonder what our team name would be. You can answer that on a postcard. But um, we are meant to be here together. It's not by accident or chance. And I wonder who needs to know that this morning, to be reminded of that, that we have been chosen and set apart by God for Himself, that He's placed His love upon us, and that He's given you a place in this community here. We must take that wonderful truth to heart because on it everything else is built. So, secondly, then, the changing room. Paul speaks of the attitudes which the Colossians need if they're to live healthy lives as Christians. And in the previous chapter, you can see that he tells them what they need to get rid of, the things they need to take off. And those things are really worth a read and a ponder as well. But then in the passage that we've just heard, he instructs them of the attitudes with which they need to clothe themselves, the attitudes of heart and mind. And strikingly, all these attitudes are to do with the relationships that we have with one another. And so to continue with our football image then, this is about getting ready and being dressed ready for the match. It's crucial to put on the right kit the appropriate clothes that will enable us to play well, changing our attitudes and hearts because we cannot live well in community without these things. And we heard them, didn't we, Pull names compassion, kindness, humility gentleness and patience and then there's also he urges us to bear with one another and to forgive one another and so if that is our kit list do you feel if you're honest that you're missing something this morning do you need to ask God to help you to become more compassionate to be kinder more humble gentle or patient Do we need God's help in bearing with one another and being forgiving? Because it's only when we have this Christ-like nature and character that we can fully be a community as God intends us to be. And only then can we fully support one another out on our front lines. So what do you need to ask God for help with? What do you need from him this morning? Let's just pause just for a moment just to ask for what we need of God. And so thirdly then, the match itself. Paul urges the Colossian church to put on love which binds everything together. And the Bible scholar William Barclay calls it the perfect bond of love. And he says that love is the binding power which holds the Christian community together. It is the one bond which will hold us together in unbreakable fellowship. And in football, so I'm rem- reliably informed, each player has their own role and their job to do on the pitch. It's carefully planned and executed although it doesn't always look like that. (laughs) The job of the goalkeeper, for instance, is very different to that of the centre-forward. They play at different ends of the pitch. They're doing very different things. One's job is to stop the ball going into the net. The other's role is to get the ball into the net. And yet they are part of the same team. They've got the same kit. They're working together in a common purpose, to win the game. And so we too are bound together in a common purpose, that of playing our part in God's mission of love to the world. And our front lines are the places, aren't they, where we do that day by day. And we need to grasp the fact that being on our front line is a team sport, not a solo one, that we're in it together, that we're all playing the same team. And I wonder whether we really take that to heart. And so when we believe that that's true, then we recognise that we're all part of each other's situations and that we should laugh, weep, struggle and thrive together. And that we need to be committed to supporting one another, to praying for one another, visiting one another, being with one another in the challenges and the joys that we all face on our front lines. And so I wonder, are you doing this already? Are you committed and alongside others on their front lines? Or do you need God's help to enable you to do this more? Maybe this morning you feel very isolated and alone in the situations that you're facing at the moment. And maybe you long for the love and the support of those in our community here. How can you make that happen? How can we make that happen? Just imagine how much more effective we can be if we recognise that we are a team and we play together rather than being alone. How much stronger we are when we play as a team. And so fourthly then, listening to the referee. A vital part of playing football is learning to listen to the referee and it's a very steep Learning curve for many and I know watching Ryan and his friends playing football and their school games, it takes takes people quite a while to grasp it this that actually the referee is the one who makes the decisions and their decision is final. And Paul paints for us a vivid picture in his letter when he says let the peace of God be the decider of all things within your heart'. Because literally what he's saying is let the peace of God be the referee in your heart. As he uses a verb from the athletic arena, a word used for the referee that would have settled disputes. And what this means in practice is that when we clash and feelings clash and we're pulled in different directions, the decision of Christ, if we look to him, that is what will keep us in the way of love and when we do that then the church stays together as one body as it's supposed to God has given us one another to be in community with supporting one another and urging one another on and therefore we need one another and we mustn't allow ourselves to be broken and divided in what areas of our life as a community I wonder do we need to listen to Jesus as our referee? Where do we need to know that peace of God, as Paul puts it? Where are we allowing ourselves to become divided or broken? And what is God asking us to let go of today? Fifthly then, food to fuel. Playing 90 minutes of fast-moving Quality football is not for the faint-hearted. It takes a great deal of stamina and a high level of fitness. And so, too, the half-time break needs a great amount of refueling. And so, indeed, does the carefully designed pre-football match diet of a professional footballer. And Paul, in his passage that we've read, encourages the church... To let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. The Colossian church was struggling to remain united because of this wrong teaching and it was threatening to break them apart. And so Paul instructs them to look to Jesus and his word. It is the word of Christ which will fuel and sustain them and enable them to be the community that God wants them to be. And so if that was true for them, and so it's true for us, we each have a responsibility to encourage one another in the faith, to urge each other on, to feed one another. And we are all to look to the word of Christ as our food, as the thing that strengthens and nourishes us and sustains us and the thing that then propels us out onto our front lines should be the aim of all we do together so that then when we're with people who don't know Jesus we're full of him and we have something to feed others with and so what can we do to encourage one another in their faith each other here how can we feed one another better and questions for us to ponder only then can we withstand the difficulties that come and the challenges. So finally then, cheering the team on. Apparently for many footballers, one of the great joys of what they do is hearing their fans roar. It's the gratitude of the fans that cheer them on week by week. It's the roar of the fans when they score a goal or save a goal or lift a trophy. And in the short section of Paul's letter that we've heard this morning, And we've explored the words thankful and gratitude appear three times. And this is no coincidence. Paul is expressing something of the power of being thankful. And we're told when you look at the commentaries for this passage that actually the word thankful doesn't really do it justice, the word that we would use. Because Paul is talking here of a powerful attitude of gratitude that finds its outward expression in thanksgiving. And by telling of what God has done, and then other Christians are encouraged to praise him as well and get caught up in that. And as thanksgivings abound, then so God is glorified. It's a powerful thing. And this thanksgiving and this attitude needs to be an integral part of our life as a community. There's such power in this, I don't think we can fully grasp it, but we need to be modelling it and doing it as a community. And then those thanksgivings should be the encouragement that then strengthen us when we're out on our front lines. We need to be encouraged to praise and thank God for all He's doing, the big things and the small things, and to look for those. We need to be on the lookout for what he's doing in each other's lives and on each other's front lines. And so the question is to finish. Are we a grateful and thankful people as a community? Do we praise God enough for all the wonderful things that he is doing? Do we encourage one another in this? And do we allow the power of that to sustain us when we're out on our front lines? And so to end, in the words of Paul... Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. I'm going to invite Spencer to come up now and um, we're going to hear a little bit about Spencer's situation and his front lines. Spencer, thank you so much for being willing to share this morning. If you grab that mic. Thank you. And so it would be really helpful if we can begin by you letting people know what your front lines are.
2: Um, my front line, what's been for the last, I suppose, 18 months, year, has been a social media called Twitter, um, which you might have all heard of, might know bits about, uh, or whatever, but because I set up a business um, about 18 months ago and decided to live, to, to be on Twitter as my business and as myself as one profile, it became my well, just just me to the world, because essentially, other than that, I was just working by myself Mm -hmm. and self-employed. So it's really, that's been my front line, is is Twitter.
1: Brilliant. That's uh, really interesting to hear. And so can you share with us something of the difference that the support of others makes to you on your front line?
2: Um, Well, a few people um, I know on Twitter, really, and uh, Christians and Mm. non-Christians, and I've had a lot of support in difficult times, through people all over the world who've really just said the right thing at the right time to, to get to, to keep me going and mm-hmm. and vice versa, I've sort of it's for other people. If you notice people having a really tricky time somewhere, um, be it bullying or anything like that, you can actually step up and say, "Well, I think you're right. I think mm-hmm. I want to support you in this." Um, and and it goes the same for causes for. Uh, you know, I might have, say, I say I've got 2,500 followers on, on Twitter. If I, say, if I support a cause, um, uh, any cause, uh, you know, charity, mm-hmm. or uh, at the moment I've been doing the, the No More Page 3 campaign and trying to promote that, and, and just put, putting it out there, and the more people getting to know about that, then it shows a bit about me and about what I believe, and hopefully points back to Christ as well.
1: That's brilliant. Thank you. And finally then, what are just a couple of examples of practical things that maybe you've done to support others on their front line, and the same for you, practical things that people have done for you that's really helped?
2: Um, practical things in this front line through Twitter, Pe- people, if they need things, so have a request for something, for how can they help? Mm-hmm. So you might be able to then say, I, I'm, you know, I've, I've, um, I know someone who can do this, or I know someone who... So that's practically then, you, mm-hmm. you, you get into that next stage of actually meeting people and helping them out. And vice versa, if I've had things I needed help with, which I would really struggle to turn anywhere else, I've been able to say, help me please, you know. That's um, brilliant. Can do that. yeah.
1: Thank you, Spencer. Thank you so much. Let me just pray for Spencer on our behalf now and for each one of us in those communities on our front line. Father God, I do thank you for Spencer and thank you that he's been able to share with us this morning something of what it means for him to be on his front line. And Lord, I pray that you would bless him and that you would use him. And I pray that he would know the support of his front line community, be that here and elsewhere, Father. But I pray that he would know that he's involved in a team sport and that he doesn't play on his own. And I pray that for each one of us with all our different situations, that we would know the truth, that we're in it together, and that God has called us to be a community here which supports and cares for one another every day. In Jesus' name, amen.